0: continuing a series much to my surprise I can tell you that God is already there and this will be the fifth message on God is already there but I'll tell you it could be titled a lot of things we're just going to minister the word tonight and Holy Ghost is going to take it where he wants and we'll all be edified and built up and strengthened so if you would turn in your Bible to the Old Testament to the book of Jeremiah and find the 29th chapter and just by that you would know where I'm going wouldn't you? Jeremiah 29, everybody knows what that is. Praise God. But God is already there. Let's say it together. God is already there. Well, where, where's there? Wherever you're going. Well, where's there? Whatever situation you're facing. Where's there when, me, when mean people get in your life and interrupt and upset you and get you out of whack and do wrong and don't do right and make you not do right and all the things that God's already there? And there's a solution for every problem. There's an answer for every challenge. And every test can be passed because God is already there. Hallelujah. I'm so quickened by the story of Abraham, by Noah, by Deborah, by uh, uh, Samson, by Gideon, all these Old Testament saints that just uh, took what life gave them And found God already there. Let's look in verse 11 of chapter 29 in Jeremiah. It says, "God speaking, and he said, uh, and isn't this interesting? He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Isn't that an interesting way to tell somebody, I I know what I'm thinking about you? Well, (laughs) do you all know what you're thinking about somebody? Well, he said, I know. So that word know must mean more than just know. Uh, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. What are those thoughts, Lord? Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Why, Lord? To give you an expected end. And here it is. It's like what he's thinking towards us is going to give us what he's thinking. And what is he thinking? He's thinking thoughts of peace and not of evil. And that, those thoughts will bring us an expected end. Verse 12, then shall ye call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me. And I will hearken unto you. God is already there. Amen? God's already there. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. So God is already there. Uh, One time we had uh, uh, Ronnie Trice's wife. They were staying at our home and and uh, what is her name? Mrs. Trice, I'll say, for, for sure. She came up behind Debbie and she said, uh, uh, Debbie, uh, did you, have you sought for God? She said, well, yeah. She said, did you find him? And she said, well, you know, I'm looking. I'm, she says, well, why, why wouldn't I find him? She said, did you look for him with all your heart? So when we don't hear God... It's just, it's not him. We haven't looked with all our heart. So we're a convenience people. Our culture, our generation is very convenient. And we give God 30 seconds. We might give him five minutes or seven. Even our little 120 second pause there. Uh, there was plenty of time. Would you all agree there was plenty of time to hear lots? You know, it wasn't like, oh, there's so much there. You could hear a lot in 120 seconds, more than you could probably memorize. So the word thoughts there uh, in verse 11, I know the thoughts. The King James is kind of funny about it, but he said, "I, I know the thoughts. That's also translated weavings. Well, how about that? The Lord is weaving his thoughts towards us. It means fabrication. I know my fabrications that I think towards you. It means... Uh, Regard and value. So I know the regard that I think towards you. I know the value that I think towards you. Those are synonyms for the word that's there in the Hebrew. Uh, Saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Um, Where is it that says uh, the word plan? Plan. There's a plan there, give you an expected end. Uh, But the plan there, the thoughts there, is geared towards intentions. The Lord is telling people that He has good intentions. I heard someone today that I otherwise regard sort of as a doctrinally uh, stable person. And then I read a little chapter, a little verse, a little paragraph that He had that says, Sometimes God has to. He has to get your attention and get you on track. He's got to throw some bad stuff at you. So we just, you know, I just, I just him off. Now, he may have been like me. He's got out a lot of tapes and a lot of books. Uh, now I don't have a lot of tapes and books, but after 20 years, you go, that was junk, but they're out there. And so I may have read something that's out there he doesn't believe, but nevertheless, it was out there. Uh, he said, God's got to, he's got to take care of you. The TEV version, which is the English version, Today's English version, I alone know the plans I have for you, plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster, plans to bring about the future you hope for, plans to bring about the future you hope for. So he gives us the desires of our heart. What's that? Well, he puts his desires in us, and all of a sudden, that's what we want. I farmed for 10 years. And I loved it. I loved farming. I Just every day I got up before the sun because I couldn't wait to get out there and farm and kick the dirt and and just do what farmers do, whatever that is. But the day I got filled with the Holy Ghost and three weeks later we started that Bible study in our home, it got replaced. I, I fell in love with Jesus in a different mode than farming. And suddenly, suddenly, I wanted to do something else. And uh, it changed my whole life. So he said there, uh, uh, plans to bring about the future that you hope for. And it's quite the miracle story how I got in the ministry. The Amplified says, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, here it is, to give you hope in your final outcome. So it sounds like we're all on a track, a course, a Uh, a measured path where the Lord's steering all along the way. We don't always know where it's going to go. Sometimes I think. I know in my case, if he told me the end, I would be looking for the shortcut. And I'd be missing some things along the way that I would need to put into my life to have in play when I got there. Getting there is not the whole thing. Being able to do something when you get there is the thing. And so uh, if he told me this is where we're going and this is how it's going to end up, uh, I don't think I could handle that kind of information. So we just walk by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Um, so what God values based on this scripture and the synonyms, what he values, what he regards, uh, what he weaves means that God's already there. He's already got the tapestry in the loom and it's, uh, he's, he already knows the end. Now let's look in verse 12. It says uh, in King James, then ye shall call upon me. Well, the uh, Amplified says, then you will call upon me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear and heed you. Now, so people are wanting God like, well, God, if you are a God of love, why would you let my brother-in-law die and, and uh, why would you not keep my job and, and worse things than that for sure? Well, there's another, there's another part to play. He says, here's the opportunity, here's the possibility, but he said in verse 12, "Ye shall call upon me. Well, that makes sense, because uh, uh, we prayed for some people this week, and uh, Deborah Ann did, and, and uh, it worked. <laughs> Golly, it worked. I don't believe it. <laughs> you know, I can't believe God did it. But, you know, God never got the credit for it, because there was a doctor involved, and it was all of a sudden, the doctor was doing miracle things on that day after the prayer that he hadn't been doing for days and days and days, and it's like, look what the doctor has done. But you know, every good and perfect gift comes down. And so he didn't have to get the credit just yet. We, got the, we, we know he got the credit. And so, uh, yay for somebody getting healed and raised up and, and on their way. Someday they're going to look back, perhaps, and say, that was the Lord. So, uh, then you will seek me, the Amplified says, inquire for and require me as a vital necessity Let's say that together, vital necessity. Now, that's where life begins, when we make God our vital necessity. I like that song we sang tonight about I'm happy. Happy is a faith attribute. You, You choose to be happy. You just choose to be happy. When you're in a marriage, you just choose to love. If you go by feelings, some days aren't as good as others If you go by attitudes, some days are going to be a wreck, and some days will be fine. But if you just choose and say, I love you with all my heart, all my might, I love you, and you just choose it, then it doesn't really matter if they're cranky. And if they cut the cake and you get the little piece. (laughs) It doesn't really matter. It's like, ah, I've already chosen you, so it doesn't matter what you do. (laughs) But I'll eat more jelly beans than you next time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, So it says... Then you will seek me, inquire for, and require me as a vital necessity, and find me when. So whatever comes after when is important. When you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord. God is already there. He says, you look for him. It's hide and seek. He's not hidden from us. He's hidden for us hide and seek, he said, I'll guarantee you I'm behind the curtain, I'll, I'll wave the curtain a little bit and you'll see it moving and you'll go, I know where you are, tag, you're it. That's how God it is, he always lets us in, amen. Uh, verse 13 says, uh, uh, you shall seek me. Well, I looked that up and it, uh, the word seek me means to diligently require, like we just looked at, but obviously it means to follow in pursuit. Now, pursuit means you got to go to the end. Sometimes I, they tried to teach me golf. I had two father-in-laws that were golfers, and they took me out there and said, son, you, if you want to be in this family, you're going to have to play golf. Well, I, two things I don't like to do is one of them is look for things, and I, my whole golfing day was that. I don't like to look for stuff, and they said, what's the ball after you hit it? I never saw a ball after I hit it. So they would say, well, it's over there in the trees or the bush or in the lake or whatever all the time. I did not like golf. I did it two days, and it was as close to thing as work as I'd ever done. It paid nothing. Matter of fact, they wanted my money, and I quit golf. Amen. Well, you got to follow in pursuit, and I was unwilling in golf to follow in pursuit. But I'm, I'm willing in the Lord Jesus. Amen. And then in verse 14, he says, and I will be found of you. Uh, I like that. Hallelujah. God will be found by me. God will be found by you. I want to find God. He's got something I need, something I certainly want, but uh, if you, he's, he's our breath. And so we got to have it. That word means to take hold on. Now, I like this. I was so surprised. The word found of you means I will light up. Seemed funny for a, a, a Hebrew dictionary. Uh, I will light up. And then another one said, be speedily present. I like that one best. I will be speedily present. Let me read that again. I will be found of you. I will be speedily present, saith the Lord. Yay. Oh, you got to pray and fast for 40 days before you can find God. Not necessarily. Amen. Now, let's just talk about this little principle and then we'll move on. Religion. You know, we all used to be in religion and it tries to get back on us. Would you all agree? It tries. It's in the world. We're saturated with it on the, in our environment. But religion wants a priest, or we could just say somebody else, to talk to God about their problems. That's why we have the prayer chain. <coughs> Y'all pray. Well, I've gone back and seen prayer chains and gone back to the one that there was prayer for, and I said, "Did you? of course, I had to work it in easier than this. I said, did you ever pray for yourself? And they finally, you know, get on and say, no, I never prayed. I got a prayer chain praying for me. There's something wrong with that. When Based on Jeremiah, he said, I will be found speedily of you if you seek me with all your heart. Prayer chains are not it. Amen. And we get people to pray for us and agree with us and impart to us. But even that, asking uh, someone, a believer, to pray for us is seeking him. Pray for me, I'm, I'm seeking God and I'm, 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 I don't feel good and things aren't going, I'm discouraged. Would you pray for me? I'm seeking God, can you help me? And so that's really important. Religion wants a priest to talk about God, or talk uh, to God about their healing. Oh, I've talked to a bunch of people that I've prayed for and they never prayed for their own. They never asked God to heal them. They asked me to ask God to heal them. So that's, that's part of it. So any, uh, when anyone is tempted to draw back, I've been tempted to draw back before. Could we all be honest about that? We've, we've, bitten off, we've bit off more than we could choose sometimes. And then when we found out what we were facing, we had to back up. We drew back. When anyone is tempted to draw back from doing something significant, you know devils and demons are launched. Yeah, I mean, we just know that. Then there's just, forget the demons, just the scoffers, Job's friends. Do you all know how many people can run down your good idea that's family, that birthed you or grew up with you, and and they're supposed to be on your side? I I got a lot of enemies out there. What are you doing in the room? Hallelujah. Uh, When anyone's attempted to draw back from doing something significant but hard, something significant that's hard, Right now, we're planting a church in Tuscaloosa. How long you been planting it? We're still planting. We're still planting this church. But when you do that and and it's hard, then any excuse, any excuse will justify quitting. It'll do. Any excuse. So we... We could say it's the times, we could say it's people, we could say it's uh, the building, it, we, we could say, I, I know I was real unhappy on 65th Street because nobody could see us. I said, if we moved to Coker, and I called two ministers, and I said, I need y'all to go over there and just tell me what God's saying, and one of them said, I'd have to hear from God not to do it, not to buy that little church, I'd have to hear from God. And, and it was right, it was right. It was right. But I said, we'll move over there, and we'll be on a four-lane. Everybody will see us, and now that they've seen us, they'll come in. <laughs> that, that might not be absolutely a true statement. Absolutely. But absolutely, on 65th Street, you're right there next to a light, and, and they're, all, they're all emptying out their ashtray and, and uh, spitting out their tobacco, and they look up, and there's River Church. Well, the light will shine bright, and they'll want to come in. That wasn't it either. 69, yeah. So uh, any excuse will do when you're wanting to quit. So we had to readjust. We had to reload. God has no plans. He has no inside, inside information to prepare us for failure. Now, this is important. He has no plans. He never gives us the way out. We can quit, and just about any excuse will do when you're on to something hard, because it's hard to, it's it's easy to start, but the challenge is, is finishing, to staying in there until it gets finished. But uh, uh, he never prepares us for failure. Now, I know I have thought those things. Well, now, Lord, you know so-and-so is going to uh, uh, leave, or you know the money's going to be this way, so you're you're preparing us, or I know you know somebody's gonna pass away, or somebody's gonna uh, leave town, or something, and you're preparing. I'm sorry, it's just he never prepares us for failure. If that's failure, now I'm not saying that would necessarily be failure. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, y'all are right there. That means your Bible's open. Hallelujah. Second Timothy, I'll just read it to you. Second Timothy chapter 2, look. Uh, in verse 13, it says, "'Of these things put them in remembrance. Charge them before the Lord.'" Oh, that's that wrong verse again. i got it on Sunday. Verse 13, "'If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself.'" Let's read that together. "'If we believe not.'" Let's stop and let's put first person in there. "'If I believe not, yet he abideth faithful,' He cannot deny himself. So if we fail, if he plans for us to fail, then he has to plan to fail. He's on the high road every minute, every second, every moment. If we believe not, and I've certainly been there, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. So he's in even when we're not in. God is already there. Amen. Now, the chief way, let's think about this. The chief way that believers are disloyal to Jesus. Can you think about that? What, what would be the big sin, the big no-no, the big disappointment to heaven that we could do and disappoint the Lord Jesus and be disloyal to him? Oh, it's, it's got to be doing drugs or cheating on your wife or stealing out of the offering or running off with the church secretary. Surely that's the most disloyal we could be to Jesus. But that's not true. How we're the most disloyal to Jesus is when we make small things that he made big. Making small what he made big. And let's go back to that excuses and that uh, that religious thing that just says... Uh, uh, God really didn't want this. He really, you know, if he if he did want it, he would have seen us through. If your dreams don't make you nervous, I saw that. Where did we see that? Uh, that says if your dreams. Oh, I, at a cafe in Rio dosa, New Mexico. What do you remember what it said exactly? If your dreams don't make you nervous, that wasn't the word, but that's the one I came up. Then your dreams aren't big enough. If you're comfortable, I put down here, if they're comfortable, they're, they're yours, not God's. Because all his dreams make you nervous and a little itchy and, you know, you, you, you get a twitch or, or whatever. when you. <laughs> <laughs> they are not God's weavings and fabrications and regards and values and plans and purposes and imaginations and intentions, which is what we said, I have a plan for you, I have a thought towards you. So when we dream dreams that were like, yeah, I got that, then you're not getting God's all all his dream. Ah, How about paying off your house? Ah, how are you going to do that? Well, we make this much and we spend that much. And so we have $100 left over every month and we owe $100,000 on the house and $100 a month. This sounds like a long time. You're going to have to be Methuselah to get that done. So if you have a dream that you can, that you can get around, your head around, it's not big enough. It's not God. It's got a little God in it, but, you know, pay off your house, but it's got a whole bunch of me in it. Hallelujah. So challenges, challenges are what fills a faith vacuum. Temptations, trials, tribulations are what fills a faith vacuum. Now, we've all backslid, I hate to tell you, but I know it, I have, you have, we've all had, because to not backslide, we have to increase every day, and so I know we haven't increased every day, but uh, uh, the curse is ever-present in the earth. Y'all know the Adamic curse, it's in, it's in the earth, and uh, Jesus came and solved the curse problem, but by faith we enter into the, into the provision of it. But the curse is ever-present to bring a negative expectation to your life. There's always shortage and lack. There's always sickness and pain. There's always uh, destruction from the unsaved. They're all pulling on us. Listen, if it was all just us going through the world, if we could just duplicate ourselves, we'd be okay. Um, The devil wants to hinder us. Paul said, I I wanted to come to you, but but Satan hindered me. And mistakes will cost us even before we can repent of them. I've repented of a bunch of stuff, but it was after it cost me. But if I had revelation, if I, had, if I was tuned in, if I believed the word that he had a plan for me and, and was in hot pursuit, then I wouldn't have some mistakes in my life that even though I repented of them and says if they never happened, I'm still paying for them. Yeah. You know, if you buy the wrong car and you bring it back and they say it'll cost you $3,000 to get the one you want, it costs you not to hear from heaven, amen? Okay, and then I wrote this down. If Christians, if we, if I did half of what God has purposed for me to do and qualified me to do, who I am in Christ Jesus, got the anointing, got the mind of Christ, I can do all things, I'm I'm greater as he that is in me, he always causes me to triumph, so all these things that have qualified me, if we did half what God has set in you from the foundation of the earth, this is Melissa's purpose. This is Joy's course to run. If they're not the same. They're completely different, but, but they both have an end. If we did half of that, we would be so astonished of ourselves that we'd go back and finish the other half. Nothing encourages us. Victory begats Victory. Mama victory, when you get a mama victory, you get babies right after that, lots of little victories. But if you get daddy defeat, if you get wiped out, people are like, you see him on TV, yes, we had this crash and we suffered badly and I'll never get over it. You ever heard him say that? I will never get over it. Well, I told you all about Brother Hagen saying I'll give you 10 more years and that he passed away 10 years to the month from when he said that. I think words are important. I think they have power in our life. Uh, we're going to have to finish here. Let me see where we're going to go first. Uh, oh, I love this. I love Luke 8. Let's go to Luke 8, and we'll, we'll, we'll go to the end here. Praise God. Luke chapter 8. In John chapter 16, it says, uh, Jesus, the Lord Jesus says, these things that I've spoken to you, That you might have peace, and then he says, "In the world you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer; I've overcome the world." So we're going to have tribulation from the curse, from the devil, from our own mistakes. He says in chapter eight. This is just a short little verse, twenty-two, says, "Now it came to pass on a certain day." So we know this is an actual day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, "Said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake." and they launched forth let us go over to the other side of the lake was that the purpose for those people those men in and in that hour was that the purpose god had the lord jesus said let us go that was the purpose that was the course are you luke 8, 22 there you go but as they sailed he fell asleep And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and said, Awoke him, and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? Well, uh, faith is required for trouble, trouble is inevitable. Faith for trouble is required. Now we're all amazed at ourselves and others that we hear the word. We have our very own Bible. We have our own very own prayer closet. We have Holy Ghost gifts that help us uh, get around it. And yet many times if we ever get discouraged, it's because we don't live by faith. We're, we're, we're like, where is it? Or I don't feel like this is the right thing. We begin to bail. We begin to fall back. But we ought to know. Everything is going to be by faith. Everything. But I've told you before, I know now about plumbing all these years. I know that uh, uh, the cold water's on the right and the hot water's on the left. I know light switches, except in this building here where they got double things. Light switches are always up. They come on, you put them down. They all, I know some things, it's a pattern. And faith is that very thing. You learn as a culture, as a, as a lifestyle, you learn to live by faith so that eventually everything's by faith. So that if you ever say something negative like, oh, we can't afford that, it just shocks you. It just, it just almost comes down on you like a rain. Like, where did that come from? It's like cussing. It's like, what? We can't afford it? What? It may not be wisdom at this time. But we, we, that's not the word we use. Well, we have, to, we have to adjust that. And when you adjust it, you go up higher, don't you? And so there was, there was power to go to the other side. And family, God was on the other side. And Jesus said, we're going to the other side. God was everywhere, but I just mean the will of God was for them to go to the other side. And there's a will of God for each one of us in here. There's a course and we, we, we got we to gotta stay on it. Now, here's what faith does, and we'll quit here. Faith, what does faith do? Faith takes us to the future. Himself bear our own sins in his body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, should live under righteousness. I'm going to the future. By whose stripes ye were healed. That's the future. Man, I feel like old Billy. Boy, I, I got troubles. I'm taking stuff and, and hurting and everything. But faith takes me to the future, and brings the future into my present. So if you don't go into the future, if you just say, well, I am in God, this will get better. If you're not going into the future with the word, with the promises, then you remain in the present without the promises. So we have to go to the future. So we have to find the word that tells us the future. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, here it is, that ye by his poverty might be made rich. That's the future, might be made rich. So faith takes me to the future. I become rich in my faith, and all of a sudden, the circumstances around me begin to adjust to the new me. Because ye shall decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you, Job said, and the light shall shine upon your ways. Wow. That's who I am. How about you? That's who I am. I shall decree a thing. What things soever I desire when I pray. I believe I receive them. Well, that's a future thing. I bring it into my present. and say, I shall have them. I bring the future. But if you never, don't ever go to the future, if you don't know this, don't believe this, don't pursue this, don't get in hot pursuit of this, then you'll just say, well, I guess we're just going to do without this year. I guess it's just going to hurt. I guess the doctor's right. It's just not going to work, and that sort of thing. The devil can't go to the end. He's one-dimensional. He can only work in the present, but God can work in the future because of his word. So all the devil can do is embellish the present and speculate on the future. And so he'll tell you, you're going to die. When you have something going on in your body, he'll tell you, this is you're going to die. Well, it feels like hell, so to speak. It feels like you're going to die. Lots of people were just so surprised they didn't die because they felt like that's what death would be like. But you go to the future and you bring it back. Uh, God is a faith God. And he only speaks. He will only speak in terms of victory, of winning, of uh, he looks at us right now and says, as far as God's concerned, he sees us already completely healed, whole and healthy. So we when we look at him and say, God, don't you know I'm sick? He's like, There's a lot of static on the line. I thought they said that they were sick. But I already made them well. I already healed them. So there's a disconnect there. You can't go there with God because that's not the language he speaks. He's a faith God. He speaks a faith language. So he believes by his stripes ye were healed. Ye were healed. You were healed. He believes that Jesus was made poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. He, th- he believes that. He's a believer. He thinks we're rich. So if we whine and cry and carry on, God, this ain't enough. And what are we going to do? He's like, I already fixed it. Well, you want to fix it again? I have to get Jesus on the cross because I already fixed it. This is it. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, while we look not at the things which are seen. Let's say that together. While I look not at the things which are seen, one more time. While I look not at the things which are seen, but at those things which are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal, fleeting, and passing away. But the things which are not seen are eternal, perpetual, and forever. So, where's the the adjustment? God says, I'm already there. I'm already got you. On the backside, I already got this thing covered. I went ahead and fixed it. So God's already there. Well, God, when are you going to do something down here? He's already there. He's already fixed it. He's already planned for it. The ba- Anybody that plans a banqueting feast for heaven when Jesus comes back has already got some stuff down here lined out. Would you all say? He's going to have sweet potato casserole up there, I can tell you. <laughs> Lemon pie is what I'm expecting. And after all, it is heaven. <laughs> Yeah, we, you know, and if there's raccoons up there and camels, well, it's not heaven. So in my part of town, there'll be no raccoons and camels. (laughs) Yeah, you do what you want on your side. Just have a hundred dogs and have a thin thousand cats and, and have kangaroos and whatever you want on your side of heaven that makes you happy. I about figured this thing out. It's not everybody gets the same. It's whatever part of town you live in. (laughs) I live over in the part where, you know, they don't have that stuff. And I'm happy, and you're over there where they're all running, barking and meowing and carrying on, and you're happy. (laughs) I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I just—I figured it out. Do dogs go to heaven? I figured it out. It's heaven for me. It's not one size fits all. (laughs) So God says, I've already figured this out. Do it. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in this evening. We appreciate your patronage that you tuned in. Let the Word of God work in your life. Don't shrink back, but let Jesus be the Lord of your life. Amen. 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 Amen.